Hello and welcome to the Claire O'Sullivan podcast. This podcast aims to inspire every person to live a happier, healthier and more fulfilling life and to bring you the right information on how to do so. Thank you to everybody for listening to the podcast. If you are enjoying it, please hit subscribe and drop us a review. Now let's dive into the next episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Claire O'Sullivan podcast. So today I am so honored and so excited to be joined by the amazing Jane Rollich. Um, Jane has become an amazing friend and mentor of mine over the last year or so, maybe more. And she has been an incredible coach inside our tribe over the last year as well. And I'm so excited to chat to her today because I know she has so much value to bring. So welcome to the podcast, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. What a lovely introduction. Ah, um, I well, I don't like butchering introductions, so I'm going to throw this back to you, and I'm going to ask you to tell us who you are. Who is Jen Rallich? Oh, do you know I'm actually so delighted that you're probably the first person ever who's pronounced my surname properly. <laughs> so I'll take that as a win. Um, <laughs> so I am I'm Jen Rallich. Um, I'm a behaviour based uh, behaviour based brain-based behaviour change coach. Um, I work in and around the health and fitness industry supporting people with the psychological and the mental side of the journey of change and I also spend some of my time as well working with health and fitness coaches to develop their coaching skill and ability. So anything to do with change that is not external and is all internal and anything to do with coaching skill, coaching develop it, development and helping coaches to become better in their coaching skills so they can improve the relationships that they have with their clients and get them better results. Hey, amazing, amazing. That was, um, you did that a lot better than I would have if I tried it. <laughs> you tell us say that a few times. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so today I would love to tap into your incredible insights all about that journey of change, if that's okay with you, because I know that it is something that I've struggled so much with in the past that our clients um, struggle with and that people who like reach out to me all the time say that's such a challenge for them. Um, how did you get into helping people with that journey of change? What inspires you to do that? So I've always been really really fascinated just with people in general so I think from like going to uni and kind of I studied psychology sociology and then politics and I think just my real fascination about humans how they work how the mind works has sort of been like the thread that's gone through everything that I've done so uh, I graduated uni with the absolute skin of my teeth. I was the world's worst student. Like, my life was just chaotic. My life was just nuts. <laughs> I just didn't have time really to commit properly to uni. Uh, but I took my <laughs> skin of my teeth and I got a graduate job in the NHS, National Health Service, um, <clears throat> in the kind of HR learning and development arena um, because I knew that I had an interest in people, but I just didn't really know where. So when you're a graduate, you kind of you do different placements in different areas. And I came across an area called organizational development, which is something that I didn't even know really existed, but it's very much the people side of um any sort of organization where the objective is to support people and teams and leaders to work more efficiently to improve the overall organization. So I was taken under the wing of my very much loved and cherished mentor, Sharon, who still mentors me to this day. Um, and she kind of showed me the ropes around everything to do with things like coaching, things like organisational change, leadership, um, developing people, all around how the brain works through change, how people respond to change. Um, and I was also mentored by a very good friend and colleague, Terry, who um, is a, she has a, a PhD in neuroscience. She is a doctor of neuroscience. So I have kind of bled hard dry for a lot of information <laughs> over the years too, uh, which is great. But I was just, I was guided by very, very skilled and experienced people who showed me a career that I didn't even know really existed. Um, so I was in the NHS for eight years. I absolutely loved my time there. Um, I worked my way up to becoming a leadership consultant. So 
my whole job basically that was to support directors to build teams, develop and deliver services and support them, which sometimes looked quite formal and sometimes looked like panicked phone calls on a Friday night of them having a mental breakdown. There was really, there was no um, <laughs> in between in that job. It was, it was, it was a bit wild, um, but I absolutely loved what I did. And it was really whatever there was people in a problem, I was sent in to fix it. So I just love so much working with groups of people experiencing challenging things and just helping them to understand better, working a lot with complexity, like big wicked issues that don't have solutions and really working alongside layered challenge. Um, nothing really straightforward, lots of difficulty. So um, it was really, really, it was great. It was really exciting and I loved it. Um, and I can remember in... I think it was 20 so 2020 I did my formal coach training Um, I'd been coaching informally before then as most people in my profession then would have been but I decided to formalize it in 2020 Um, and to be able to meet the the coach accreditation you have to do a certain amount of hours practice so I needed a guinea pig that I could practice on and at that time I was working with my coach Mark who is now um, online too but back then we worked together in the gym floor and I said, look, I need a guinea pig to do my practice hours on. I feel like you would be the, the right person to do it with. Can we can we do it? So we would meet up for a Starbucks on a Friday afternoon and I would go in and play with his brain and make up my coaching hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he said to me once I qualified, he was like, would you come in and do a talk for my my community because obviously everything was online by this point this would have been 2021 and I was like Mark I wouldn't even know what to talk about and he was like Jen I can't get you to shut up like I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure you'll be fine um so I did a talk on values to the team in I think April 2021 and I've pretty much built an entire business off of doing the same thing um so I did it on the side for a year alongside um, my full-time job which was wild um but worth it and August 2022 I left that career behind to begin a new one and pursue this full-time so it's been it's funny because sometimes you you forget the whole path that's brought you here but what I do now is a manifestation of eight years of a career in development and education that's that's brought me to this point so a point at which I never thought I would be because if you'd have told me eight years ago you'll work in the fitness industry one day I'd be like okay jog on (laughs) (laughs) wow Jen do you know what I've never gotten that um full run through of things from you so it's actually really nice to hear how everything developed there over time um and like, I know that you've helped so many, like you've helped me and you've helped so many of our clients, like understand those things, like you were saying, like around values so much more. And I guess like you're really helping to apply that to that journey of change for people now. And I know that's often a place like you start with people is like talking about values, educating around values, helping people like figure out their values. Just since you touched on that, can you tell us a little bit more about like what what are values and like why are they important? Why do you think they're important? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I always start people off with values because they're almost like the they're almost like the blueprint of who you are. So if you can look at someone's values, the way that you would like build machinery from a blueprint you can you will build yourself as a human being based on where your values sit and a lot of the time I think we live in a really busy and driven and almost sort of unhelpful world at times there's so much distraction there's so much here's what you should be doing here's what's right here's what's wrong that it can be really really difficult to carve out a path that's just right for you without the constant distraction of what you think you should be doing or following what other people are doing and I think if I can bring people back to what they actually value it helps you to design a life that's fulfilling for you there's no such thing as the right or the wrong values the only thing that's wrong is living by what you think you should value and not honoring what you actually do and I think that values operate in two different structures so you have core values which are kind of 
who you are as a person deep down. They don't really change much over time. They sometimes do, but most of the time you will have core values and principles that will carry you through the rest of your life. One of my core values is service. I will always be in service to other people. No matter what I'm doing, I know that I find real fulfillment in helping other people to be better, whatever better looks like. So that's something that how I've done that and what I've done to fulfill that value has looked different over the course of my life. But that's the thing that stays core. That's the purpose that always sits at the bottom of it. So that's a core value. When we think about aspirational values, what happens for quite a lot of people when they go on a journey of change is that they have health as an aspirational value. So for me, I would say health is very much still an aspirational value because I'm still working on it. I'm still trying to get to the point where it is a big priority. Whereas for you, health is probably a core value that has existed through such a course of your life that it comes it cut it factors into your decision making so much more than it would for someone like me where it's aspirational I have to really actively think about it and work towards it and what happens quite a lot is that when I speak to people about their values they'll say oh I value my health and I'll say okay so what do you do that values your health and they'll go oh well no I just value like being healthy and I'm like okay so you value not having any sort of illness or you know any sort of life limiting disease so that's not you valuing health that's you valuing not having an illness or a disease or any sort of life limiting condition right if you value health then health is prioritized in your actions and how you spend your time and how you spend your energy and the things that you choose to do your health value factors into that. If your health value doesn't factor into that, it's not core, it's aspirational. So it's really, really important for people to understand what their values truly are so they know what has to exist in their life for them to feel happy and fulfilled. Like, if you really, really value money and wealth, that's okay, as long as you make sure that you then fulfil that value within your life. If you don't value money and wealth, but you work in a job that's like investment banking, that's all centered around money and wealth, you're going to find that unfulfilling. So there's just something about people understanding that if everything you choose to do in your life and everywhere you choose to spend your time conflicts with what you value, you're going to feel distorted, you're going to feel lost, you're going to feel like you're living a life that's not really yours or on your terms. And nine times out of 10, it all comes back down to a values mismatch. Hey, okay. That is so, so interesting. And I always find it so interesting when I hear you talk about the difference between core values and aspirational values. Um, How does someone figure out like what their core values are and what their aspirational values are? How do you guide someone with that? So, so this actually comes from um, a theory from a really great book called The Values Factor by uh, Dr. John Martini. Um, it's a great book if you want to understand more about um, values and how they show up in your day-to-day life. He actually has a thing you can do on his website as well, but he has 12 questions that help you to determine um, what your values are. So when I'm doing this with someone, say in coaching, I have my own kind of re- values reflective exercise that I'll get them to do. We've we've done it with the team before um, and I'll get them to complete what they think their values are. And then I will ask people to go through Martini's 12 questions because the 12 questions are very much based on where are your values present in your day-to-day life. So when I give people the, the values reflective exercise, they will select, say, family, right, as their top value. But then one of the 12 questions might be where are you spending your time? Work is the highest priority. So actually, if you're spending most of your time at work and you're sacrificing having dinner with your family, that tells me actually you value work more than you do family, right? Because our values sit in a hierarchy. So there will be times where some values have to come above others, where some values are more important than others and they can shift and change. But your core values are the ones that you recognise are present through pretty much your entire life and a lot of the time our core values are learned in childhood so they're learned from family they're learned from friends mentors teachers 
religious leaders, community leaders, whoever you are surrounded by will often have an influence in what your your core values are. It's funny because core values are a wee bit like um, sometimes you won't be able to verbalise what it is, but you'll find yourself in a situation that you get that gut feeling and you're like, oh, I don't like this. That doesn't feel right to me. That's a sign that there's a core value being conflicted with when you get that, oh, that's icky. Yeah, because yeah, it's so like you're you know it so well deep down that this is just not mm. with my values and who I am. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's say we have a person um, and OK, they realize like health and fitness. If you ask me, I would have said that's a value, but actually it's not a core value by how I'm spending my time. It, it it must be an aspirational value for me. Like, how does someone go about making that more a part of their life if they've realized, okay, the time, the way I'm spending my time does not match up with what I'm saying I want? Mm. I think it's about understanding the value that having the value would bring to you. So I think this is where it has to be aligned more with the kind of person that you are trying to be and not necessarily the outcome that you're trying to achieve. Because the thing is, is that when you are going through a journey of change, and actually, and you and I will see this loads, the focus is all in the result. The focus is all in the outcome, because that's the thing that that starts your journey, is the, the, the thing that you're finding painful that you want to change, and the desired outcome that you have. And the outcome is so important, because it's, it's the North Star for why you're actually doing what you're doing. The more time goes on, sometimes you achieve the outcome, sometimes you maybe get close to it, but you can never really hit it, you can never really get there and you wonder why does this not feel important to me anymore? And realistically at that point, it's because the outcome no longer really matters, it's more about the identity of the person that you're trying to create. So if you're trying to create an identity of someone who values health and fitness, you have to decide what that looks like for you right because healthy is subjective what's healthy to you and what's healthy to me would be completely different right healthy to me might be only eating half the tub of ben and jerry's instead of the full tub (laughs) right it's totally subjective to the individual where they are and what's important to them and crucially nobody else gets to decide what someone else's version of healthy is right so this is about the individual taking the time to say If I want to be someone who values health, how do I picture that? How do I see that? And how different is that from what I'm doing in the here and now? What material benefit is that going to bring to my life? And why is that important? Why does that matter, right? You will have some people who want to value health and fitness because they want to be shredded and have a six pack, which is great. You will have other people who want to value health and fitness so they can play football in the park with their kids, which is also great. Both are important, but each probably isn't important to either person. So if we were all operating off one definition of what healthy or what health and fitness is, for many people, that's not going to align, right? Whereas if you decide what it means for you, you can align yourself to what's important and, and have your own definition for what it means. Yeah, I I love that. Um, so like not so much just to think, okay, like I value health and fitness, but it's like, okay, what does that actually mean for me? What does that look like in practice for me? Who's the person I have to be on a daily basis to show that okay, that is a value of mine, and it's not so much just focusing on whatever that result is. It's like who's the person I have to be all the time because I think we see all the time when someone is chasing a result and chasing a result and that's all you're thinking about like I think like number one like you're not happy when you get that result if it's just like uh like uh, a goal of losing two stone like it's more about the person you become on the journey that gives the person the fulfillment on the way and maybe changes their identity then but I I guess you don't know that at the start (laughs) um but I I think we're actually like crossing over into like I know you talk a lot about like vision as well like so does vision come into this where like where it's like you're thinking about the person I need to be to show that these are my values or to have these as my values yeah absolutely so it's almost like values are the blueprint and vision is the dream 
So values are the thing that create who you are and vision is who you are then becoming. So a lot of the time when people talk to me about vision, they actually tell me the goals that they have. So they'll say my vision for myself is to buy a nice house or have a nice car or go on nice holidays. And don't get me wrong, all of those things are still important, right? If you want those things, you absolutely should attain them. However, they're goals, they're not vision. And that's where those two questions, why is this important and why does that matter, really factor in here because that helps you to understand, is this vision or is this a goal? So if I ask someone what their vision is and they tell me what things, then I know that's not vision. Whereas if they can tell me why they want it, then I know, okay, this is linked to your vision. So this is why it's it's really, really important for us to consider Yes, we want to have those outcomes. Yes, we want to have those things that we're driven towards. But if you don't know why that matters to you and what material difference you expect that to make in your life, then you're never going to actually be interested in not only achieving it, but sustaining it. Because you and I both know you can overhaul your entire life for six months to get a result and you will absolutely get that result if you're committed to it. But your ability to sustain it is not possible because your means to achieving it were so unrealistic. They were rooted in the wrong place. It's unsustainable. You self-sabotage. You go backwards and then you create the belief of, I just can't do this. I'm not destined to do it. And actually, it was never really hooked into a bigger reason why. It was never really hooked into a vision for who you were becoming. It's maybe been that you've promised yourself that when I hit a certain number on the scales or a certain dress size then I will be happy so you delay happiness until you get there it doesn't feel how you thought it would feel and it creates the perspective of well I'm never going to be happy when in reality you have to be creating happiness everywhere in your life not just one area yeah absolutely um so like uh correct me if I'm wrong like so vision is kind of like the overarching thing that we are pursuing and is it that goals could be like a stepping stone along the way in the pursuit of that vision or as a part of that vision and like could you give us an example of like what a vision could be for a person and like what a goal could be for for a person yeah absolutely so I always describe vision as a fluid and evolving direction for your life right vision is like You know when you're in the car and you can see the moon and you drive and keep driving and driving and driving and no matter how close you think you're driving towards it, the moon stays in the same place. So you never really actually get closer to it, but you can always see it. That's a vision, right? So vision is something you should never achieve vision because if you achieve vision, what's the point, right? There always has to be something bigger or some purpose behind why you're doing what you're doing, right? So say, for example, one of my big visions is that I want to change the way that the health and fitness industry works from a coaching perspective. I want to be able to change the way that coaches coach in this industry by showing them how to coach, right? That's the vision, okay? The means to attaining that vision is having set professional goals about who I work with, how I do it, what programs I work inside, what programs I run to be able to get there, right? So there are goals in there that are specific and tangible and will tell me I'm fulfilling that vision. But ultimately, that's an an evergreen vision. That's something that I should never actually really achieve and I'll never really know if I've achieved it because it's expansive, it's big. It's it's flowing, it's moving. It's not something that I'm, be, I'm going to be able to go, okay, every single coach in the world now coaches differently, but I'll know by the goals that I set for myself along the way that I am attaining that vision, but I'll never achieve it and I shouldn't ever achieve it. Does that make sense? Completely, completely, completely. So like for someone, we'll say, who wants health and fitness to be a part of their life, could it be like that, okay, my vision is to be the healthiest and the happiest version of myself for the rest of my life. A goal along the way could be running X distance, could be losing X weight, could be making the gym something I do on a daily basis. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the more you set yourself those bigger goals, the more stretched the potential of the vision becomes, right? So for you, six months into your journey, being the happiest and healthiest version of yourself might look like being able to get to the gym consistently twice a week and eating a calorie deficit. You a year and a half down the line, it might look like running your first half marathon. Then it might look like running a marathon. So the vision stays the same. Being the happiest and healthiest version of yourself for the rest of your life is the North Star. It's the moon and it's always there. But as you grow and change and you reach your potential, that just keeps stretching and stretching and stretching because the vision is always there. How you do it gets bigger. How you do it gets harder. But ultimately, as you grow, the vision grows along with you. Yeah, totally. That makes so much sense. And like, I just love that idea of like, you're never getting there. Like you're never getting to this vision because that's not the goal. And I feel like there's something like so beautiful in that because it's like, it kind of takes the pressure off. It's like, this is a journey I'm on forever. This is the journey in the game of life. I don't ever like, I'm not ticking that box to say like done. I have nothing else I want to achieve here. And I guess that excites me because then we get to like, like stretch our potential and stretch our potential so much more. Um, Absolutely. So when you see people like, we'll say, like maybe say this is my vision, um, Mm -hmm. but not do the things that they need to do to be fulfilling that vision. What do you think is the most common disconnect? Like, is it that like people like, like set the wrong vision where they think this is what they want and it's not really it? Um, do you think they don't really like connect with like why they want it um, or like we'll say like when like environment like impacts us or like work throws us off and we're saying this is our vision but we're not actually doing the things to get towards it what do you think are the reasons most commonly for people so there's this is a really interesting one because it's it's very it's dependent on the person but I will tell you what I see most often I think for some people dependent on their upbringing their background their experience I think sometimes people underestimate how much difficult life experiences can have an impact on your ability to do these things so I think specifically people who maybe are living with trauma or any sort of really challenging life situation those are the I wouldn't include them in this perspective because a lot of the time I think there's there's healing that people have to do before they can grow to be bigger sometimes if you feel like something is always pulling you back or holding you back it might be that there's work to do there before you can move forward it's no secret that I'm a huge advocate of therapy I think everybody should go to therapy um so I think for people who have a a life experience that they see as their mental block it's not the same for them they have to do that work first however the thing that I see the vast majority of the time is that people don't access the vision from a place of intention so if you're not accessing your vision from a place of true intention you're accessing your vision through the ego so there are six ego beliefs the ones that I see most commonly are I am what I do I am what I have and I am what others think of me. So if you really buy big into I am what I have, your vision is most likely going to be dictated by material things. Once I have the bigger house, once I have the bigger car, once I'm going the big holidays, once I can show people that I've done well for myself, then I'll be happy. The challenge here is that the ego is never satisfied. So when you achieve that big thing, you're going, right, okay, what's next? You don't ever get that sense of satisfaction and fulfillment um, because you're buying, you're accessing the vision through the ego. The next one, I am what I do. This is when people's achievements define them. So we see this quite a lot in people who work in highly regulated professional environments, people who work in academia, right? When I get this next accolade, then I will be worthy. When I get this next thing, then I'll have achieved the vision, right? And they get there and they're like, okay, what's next? The most common one I see is I am what others think of me. So this is the belief that other people's opinions define who you are as a person. It's so interesting because what other, what we think other people think of us is based entirely on what we think about ourselves. 
So we're always trying to fulfill this belief of what others think of me. What will they think of me if I do this? What will other people be saying about me if I do this? I'm going to prove them wrong. Anyone who's ever doubted me, I'm going to show them different. And the common thing with all of these ego beliefs is it's rarely about you as a person. So it's rarely about your intention for the life that you want to live and why that's important to you. It's always linked into other people or other things or material evidence that you are becoming the person that you think you should be. So we can stay trapped in this cycle of achieving things defined by the ego, but it never really feels like you're sitting in the satisfaction of I am where I should be. Because the crucial thing about vision is, or any journey, there's no there, right? People always say to me when I get there, and I'm like, but there is no there. You don't wake up one day and go, oh my God, I am <laughs> I am my vision-based self, right? Like Disney, Disney just like greet you at your door in the morning, postman doesn't fire it through the letterbox and go, by the way, that's you there, right? It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't happen that way, right? Because there is no such thing as there. So if you're defining yourself and your own growth and your own vision for your life by when I get there, know that you're staying stuck in the beliefs of the ego because there's no such thing as there. So it's like, I'll be happy when that's a sign Mm. that we're operating from ego. Yeah, absolutely. So what kind of things would we be saying or thinking or believing if we were operating from intention and we were accessing our vision through intention? Intention is a lot more being based than doing based. So intention is more a state of mind. It's more a state of being and how you create a way of being that's centered around you and what makes you happy. And I think that a lot of the time people think that vision is only future focused, but vision is like an omnipresent thing. Vision is like a correlation of you, past, present and future. And when we're operating from intention, we're bringing all three of those people into the conversation. So when we're going with intention, it's very much a case of what what have I learned up until this point? What's everything that I have ever experienced that is coming with me on this journey? What do I need in the here and now? What do I need to be well in my current reality? What is realistic for me? What do I need most from me at this point in time? And then where is future self pulling me? Where do I expect myself to be? What is the direction that I'm trying to go in? So it's very much a combination of all three, but it's not it's not defined by doing things. It's, it's defined by being things. Um, it's defined by an understanding really that past, present and future, you're all the same person, right? Just doing different things. Sometimes... Um, what I watch happen to people quite a lot, and I've made this mistake so many times in my own life, which is very much this belief of future me will just have it all figured out. Like, oh, that'll be fine in the future because they'll just have it all figured out. And this thing that I'm working towards, one day it'll just all click into place and it'll be fine and future me will have it sorted, right? And then you get to that future you and like, oh, I feel the same. They didn't just figure it out and they didn't just have it all sorted because present you didn't do the work that had to be done for that to be possible. So it's very much an understanding of who is that person that I'm trying to be, but who am I now and who have I been? And how do they make a contribution to, to all of this? How do they show up and who are they showing up for and why? Why why are they making this contribution? So like Sometimes I will ask people if if they're talking to me about vision and I know it's defined by doing things, sometimes I will just ask, just ask them why. And they freak out and they go, oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why, right? They can't tell me because it's what they think they should be doing. But they've never stopped to ask themselves why they're actually doing it. And is that uncomfortable because you're just questioning their whole beliefs and their whole set of values that they thought they had? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. It needs to be done. It needs to be done at a nice pace. Otherwise, I can give people a bit of an identity crisis. But it's such a crucial thing to understand that 
it's okay to to want things it's okay to want the doing things but you just have to be able to know why you want it and why that's important because I think sometimes when we're trying to define what success looks like we can be really distracted by shiny objects we can be really distracted by other people's definition of success or what people we perceive as successful have so I actually watch um, health and fitness coaches do this quite a lot where they want success so much that and I, I watch people do it in, in programs that I work in too they want that success so they almost sort of mimic what other people have done to be successful and then they get it and then they go oh this doesn't feel how I thought it would feel and actually it's because it's not your definition it's their definition that's why they're successful because it's what's important to them and I know you'll have seen this before but people who come into the program and they start off and they're really ready and raring to go and they will ask you for things like give me a meal plan and give me a training plan and how do I organize my day and can you give me a diary and can you give me can you tell me the routines that I should be having and what I should be doing and as a coach you're very much like no (laughs) no I will not be doing that because otherwise I would be creating a structure that's not yours that's not for you you have to design how this works for you right because it's their definition of success it can't be mimicked and copied from what other people do we can take inspiration and we can take tips and tricks but ultimately you have to design the success for what it looks like for you yeah uh, that like resonates so much and I think we're just like we're like craving this feeling we want to feel this way we want to feel this happiness or this fulfillment and we're just looking for the quickest route to get there but we don't realize that like I guess that needs to come from within and we need to be like really clear on, on, I guess, like what that vision is for us. And I suppose like just from what you're saying and what I've heard you say a lot before, like it's the intention behind each thing, the intention behind like why we want the goal, the intention behind why we want the vision that's actually important and to question ourselves and make sure that it's not coming from ego. It's not to, have more status or it's not so that someone else will think this of me or um or whatever kind of reasons like we might be coming at it from um but to come at it from okay like because this is what I want this is what's important for me these are the reasons it's not uncomfortable if you ask me the reasons because I'm here (laughs) on like why I want this so we want our goals coming from intention and our vision and then like from what you're saying there about vision it's like vision is the thing we're living every day. Like if I want to be the happiest and healthiest version of myself, like what does that look like now? Like what do I perceive that to look like in the future? But I need to be living that every day to get to that future point as well. And then the future is going to look different because I'm in a different reality. Yeah, absolutely. Because the future's never here. It's always in the future, right? So we never get to the future. It's always in the future. So and I'll give you I'll give you a personal example of this, right? Because I, I have experienced this very thing in relation to weight loss. I've been battling with my weight pretty much like my whole adult life. And I lost the biggest amount of weight I've ever lost for the first time in my life in 2021. I lost five stone in the lead up to my wedding. And at the time, I truly believed that I was doing it for me and I was doing it for my health and and it's a bullshit, it's a lie, right? I was doing it because I was terrified of hating myself and the, the wedding photos. That that was it. And I struggled to get the wheels in motion for such a long time. I did lose a big chunk of weight um, initially and then my weight sort of yo-yoed and then the wedding was getting ever closer and I was like, right, I need to get the last of this off. And I did, and the focus... My, my days were so stru- structured and set and centered around doing my skincare routine and what getting my steps and eating strictly and all of these things that did make me feel really, really good, right? And it's probably the most I've ever looked after myself in my whole life. But the intention was in the ego because I was scared of hating myself in the photos. So my intention, although I was telling myself, this is for me to feel good, right? was bullshit. <laughs> It was so that I didn't hate myself in the photos, right? So the wedding came, I looked great, I'd lost this five stone, and I thought, that's me, that's me cured. 
I can sail <laughs> off the sunset now, right? Tick, that's me done. I'm a new woman. I've changed my life. I can now sail off into the sunset and I'll never have to worry about my weight or my health ever again, right? And then I was very quickly humbled because what happened is that I achieved my results in perfect conditions. I made the conditions perfect to be able to get the change. And then what happened is life started to get imperfect, right? But to move in with my in-laws to save for a house, right? And I love them to death. They're the best people in the whole world. But living with your in-laws at 29 <laughs> in their spare room is a challenge. Also in your first year of married, right? Extra challenge. <laughs> I just started my business and I was doing, I was working full time and running a business part time. So I was working constantly. So my life circumstances changed really, really quickly. And the first thing that I turned to for comfort was food. Mm. And over the course of a year, I put, I think, three and a half stone back on of what I lost, maybe four. I can't remember because I at one point stopped weighing myself. But I put the majority of that weight back on, right? And I spent a long time being so angry and frustrated and upset at myself. And actually, on reflection, now that I'm losing weight again, this time it's so easy, right? It's so, so easy. And the reason that it's so easy now is because the intention is completely different. I'm not doing it for an event. I'm not doing it for a holiday. I do, I'm not doing it by a set date, right? I'm only doing it with the intention of now realising that I have come back to that place again. I don't want to live this way anymore. I had a lot of emotional healing to do. I had to go back to therapy because I was living with unresolved trauma. This now is a whole, a whole person journey of how do I live healthy and happy with prioritising my well-being and weight loss is one minute part of that but it's coming so easily now because the intention the vision the the purpose of it has absolutely nothing to do with how I look it has to do with how I feel and how I am and and, and now when I say to people I'm finding weight loss easy they look at me and they're like I sure you are right but that that's the reality. Like I said to my coach this morning, I was like, I feel like I'm not actually trying. And it's because the intention for why I'm doing it is totally, totally different. Wow. That is, thank you so much for sharing your personal experience because that is such a powerful example. And you know what? It just goes to show how sneaky that ego is that like mm-hmm. even you as a coach embarking on this weight loss journey before, like you can still have that belief that I'm doing it for all the right reasons. But then I guess it it was probably going through that journey of it kind of coming back on and that realization. Like, is that only when you'd realize Jesus, no, like that was coming from ego? hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because what happened was as soon as I got complacent, it was almost as if once I achieved the goal, it, there was no purpose. So there was no purpose to me staying well or me maintaining the weight loss because the big mistake I made was trying to lose more weight when actually what I should have done was given myself permission to say do you know what you've been trying to lose weight for a long time you've achieved it let's live at maintenance for a wee bit I did start running back then to give myself something else to focus on but I wasn't giving myself enough of an outlet for the emotions and I wasn't healing from the things that I needed to heal from. So food is always going to be my first port of call. Food is always going to be the thing that I turn to when I feel like I have nowhere else to go for these emotions. And although I felt like because I'm looking at all these different areas of my life, and I, don't get me wrong, I made so much psychological process eh, progress too. Like from a mindset perspective, it's I'm like two different people. Food no longer controls me and I no longer define myself by the number and the scales, which for someone who's done that for most of their life is in itself a huge transformation. Like the weight loss is only like the one missing piece. But what I recognized is that by seeing it only as something I was doing for a result or something I was doing for an outcome meant that I had no idea how to live when I wasn't working towards an outcome. So I had no idea how my relationship with food and training should be when I'm not working towards an outcome. So I tried to throw in hundreds of outcomes and none of them were working because that was no longer, it was no longer going to do. So I really had to do some soul searching and say, why does any of this matter? Like, why do I want to live this way? 
why do I want to be at that weight? What's possible then for me that's not possible now? What else does that look like for getting there? And so much of it now is focused around being able to hit physical performance goals. I would love to one day be able to run a full marathon that I know that I won't be able to do at this weight. So there's so many things now that have a purpose for why I want to get it, for who I want to be, for how I want to live, for how I want to prioritise my health and prioritise it for this stage of my life after not prioritising it for such a long time. I could give you a million reasons now why it matters that before I was focused on that one thing from a place of hatred, from a place of low self-worth. That is that is such an incredible story and experience to hear and like for people to be able to relate to who are listening as well. And just when you are talking through that there, like I think sometimes we have to go on that cycle like and we have to like as shit as that is like and as shit as that feels to lose the weight, to lose the five stone, to feel amazing and for some of it to creep back on. You wouldn't have the level of awareness that you have right now unless you actually went through that cycle again and again, because I think life throws those same things at us until we learn the lesson. And it's like now you're at the place where it's like, okay, this feels right. Like now, like now I know that this is not my ego. I'm coming at this tension and like it sounds like it's just like it's so much more enjoyable and so much more fulfilling for you that I think for anyone anyone who's listening who is creating a vision and it doesn't feel like there's like something uneasy or there's something that's like just not sitting right maybe you have to learn that lesson yourself I don't know if you learn that from hearing people talk about it like maybe you have to go through it but I think like some of those questions you're talking about there of like okay why do I want that how will life be different what will I be able to experience if anyone's unsure if their vision is coming from intention ask those questions and it'll make things I think so much clearer if we're if we're willing yeah. to sit in it. Absolutely. And I think like um my coach said to me as well, like it's unrealistic to think that you'll never gain weight again. Like you have to accept that at some point in your life you will gain weight again, right? I know this is the last time that I will embark on a big massive weight loss journey because I know now that that I won't go through that again. I just know that I won't. But do you know what? See if at some point in my life where things do get tough and I do return to food for comfort I know what I have to do now because I've exactly as you say I've learned from that experience and as weird as it sounds I'm really glad this has happened I'm really glad that I, I, I that I learned that actually what has to exist for me to be able to sustain it has literally nothing to do with how I look and it has to do with everybody else in my life and I remember Jean saying to me, Jean Lynch, and her psychotherapist for um, the programme, Jean's a very cherished colleague and friend, and I work with her privately in therapy too, and Jean asked me a great question, or she, she gave me a great insight, which was, the only people you have to make proud is your eight-year-old and your 80-year-old self. Yeah. So the only people who need to be proud of who you are and what you're doing are those two people. And I think whenever I lose my way a bit, and whenever I feel a bit disconnected I always come back to that and say like what did eight-year-old Jen want and what will 80-year-old Jen want want to look back on it's such a great way to connect you to those past present and future selves and what actually is important to you totally totally that makes so much sense and um just like the way you're like saying it there it's like okay like I know this to be true now I feel like there's just those different levels of knowing and it's like from those experiences I feel like any shit experiences any of us go through we always look back and thank them after and if anyone's going through right that right now you don't know it when you're going in when you're in it you're like no I won't ever thank this but you do because you learn something from it. And like, it, like I guess when you're talking through those things there, it's like you're saying, well, like, I know I'm worthy already or like, I know I'm enough already. I'm not doing this for someone else. It's like, you know, then the ego is not a play, like I, because I know I'm not what I look like or I'm not what weight I am. I'm not what others think of me like I'm not doing it for someone else or for a wedding. It's not for a photo now. It's for you. And it's for all those right reasons. And I think that is like just I think the perfect example to be able to talk about like how values are at play, how vision is at play, like 
your your example has highlighted the ego at play and now highlighted coming at it from a place of intention so i don't think you could have a better way of just like summarizing everything that we've talked <laughs> about so far i love that i love that um i don't want to take off any more of your time because everything that you've said to us there i think if we can start to put that into practice more and relate that to our own lives it will be so incredibly powerful um and I always like to close on one question Jen so I would like to ask you like maybe based on what experiences you've talked about there or maybe just based on your whole life overall like what is like the one piece of advice that you would give give to your younger self um maybe not eight-year-old Jen because she mightn't be able to take it on board just yet but maybe like <laughs> a little bit older Jen who could take this advice on board what what's the most important thing you would impart with her do you know, it probably sounds a wee bit cheesy and a bit simple, but I have never, ever, ever given up. No matter what life was thrown at me, and I have experienced significant trauma, um, really difficult, challenging life situations, as a lot of people have. But I'm a really tenacious person. I'm like a dog with a bone. Like, I will not, <laughs> I will not give up. And I think my ability to never ever give up has built a level of mental resilience that I I find myself at now but what I did do was spend quite a lot of time doubting myself and doubting my ability to do things that I hadn't even tried to do and I I sometimes look back and wonder if I'd stop if I'd removed that self-doubt and if I'd worked more on self-belief and just believing in recognizing that you have to do it to be able to believe in your ability to do it what what might have been different or what more could I what more could I have done so I think if I could go back to like 19 20 year old Jen <laughs> I think I would say here don't give up you don't need to give up but also you need to believe you need to just go and do before you believe because I stopped myself from doing so many things Duty, low self belief, and once I started to actually just decide to do and then believe, good things happen. So yeah, I would tell her, don't give up, don't pack it in, <laughs> stop moaning, stop complaining, <laughs> go and get it done. The self belief will come. I love that. That is so so powerful, and um, that's an incredible message. And thank you so much for sharing that. Um and. I just like want to say like you are an incredible person. You are such an inspiration and thank you for sharing your story. And you're such a role model to me and an inspiration to me. And thank you for being so generous with your time and with your insights today. I really appreciate you. And thank you for being on the podcast with us. Thank you so much for having me. I've loved it and I appreciate you absolutely loads. Thank you for having me. Um, And hopefully it's not the last. Thank you so much for listening to the Claire O'Sullivan podcast. I hope you are enjoying it. If you are, please make sure you hit subscribe and drop us a review and we will catch you in the next episode.